This is the Scalable Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenti. And each week, we will go on a journey, a journey that will inspire you, motivate you, and help you be the very best you can be. Our focus will be on mindset, tactics, and the strategies that will enable you to create more opportunities and win more deals. Okay, welcome to the Scalable Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Presidenzi, and as always, I'm honored, pumped, and excited to what will be another incredible episode. Now, this week, we are talking about a topic. It's a topic that's been, I think, you know, if you, if you scroll through LinkedIn, there's been a constant flow of conversation around AI. So there's a lot of salespeople that are fearing change. They're fearing AI. They're fearing, you know, what does the future look like? But the reason why I'm excited to share this episode is because the whole premise of change, the way in which we look at it from a mindset perspective is how we can capitalize on it. And AI should not be something that we should be fearing. It's an opportunity for sales professionals. It's an opportunity for us to be the best we can be. It can help elevate what we do in our roles and really provide a better experience for our customers because that's what it's all about. Salespeople often hate their CRM. Why? Because they are hard to use, difficult to customize and expensive to maintain. This means leads and opportunities don't get updated. Things get missed and sales can suffer. Insightly is the modern CRM that teams love. Easy to use, flexible enough to support your unique needs and scales with you as you grow. This helps you sell smarter, grow faster and build lasting customer relationships. Insightly is trusted by more than a million users worldwide. For more information, visit insightly.com forward slash get insightly. Now, let's get into this week's topic. So we have um, Stephen Messer, who's the founder or the co-founder of Collective Eye, which is a really cool AI platform, which he's going to talk a bit about in a moment. But not just the founder of Collective AI, but he co-founded the first affiliate marketing company, Linkshare, which sold to a huge Japanese firm, also has invested in over 80 companies, sits on a whole range of boards in his spare time, and now building another tech company, another company that's making a difference. And he also has an interesting story about Ronald McDonald, which will share with us in a moment. So welcome to the show, Stephen. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, awesome. Now, I did let them know, but before we get started, I, I ask every guest I ask, you know, how did you get started in the world of sales? But can you just share with us your first fist fight with the original Ronald McDonald? It's so funny. So this is a story that everyone seems to love so much because um, it's a weird one. Um, so Willard Scott was the actor who originally played uh, Ronald McDonald in the early commercials, and he was loved by everyone. In America, he was on the morning TV show. He's the newsman um, for yeah. uh, the big uh, you know, uh, nationwide network program. And one of his favorite things to do as he got older was he would wish grandmothers who are 90-plus years old happy birthday on their day. So everybody in America loved him. And I, it, was, it was one yeah. of these things where – I had gone skiing uh, for a holiday, and um, and and unfortunately, I I, I had a I, I went a little bit too extreme and broke my collarbone, 
And so there I am with my arms strapped to my body as I'm trying to get back to New York to go to, to the hospital to get a real doctor to look at it. And, uh, and who do I sit next to? But Willard Scott. He's across the aisle from me. And his wife is looking out the window. The person I'm with is looking out the window. And he and I just, you know, just start chit-chatting away, becoming great friends. Because yeah. any good seller knows you make friends with everyone next to you. Sometimes it's Willard Scott. Always it's someone interesting. And who doesn't love getting to meet new people when you're sitting on a plane? And he and I have what is a probably three-hour just ball of a time getting to know each other. He's mm -hmm. funny. He's charming. He's 86 years old. He's going to see his grandchildren. You're having this great time. And as the plane lands and pulls up to the gate, um, he gets out and, uh, and starts talking to me and says, Steve, we've had such a great time. I've, I'm enjoying this. His wife walks out the front door. The person I'm with walks out. And then he turns, takes his bag down, and gives me a good old boy slap in the back and says, I've enjoyed this so much and walks out. Now my shoulder disconnects completely from my body and I just drop to the bottom. And I know it must've been bad, not only to get beat up by an 86 year old, not only to do it where I dropped to the floor, I didn't even hold my own. I would like to say I was a man, I was not, but I could tell it must've looked pretty bad to watch my shoulder come off. Cause all I remember is someone behind me saying, you take all the time you need to get back <laughs> because it was that bad. And that's how I got beat up by the original Ronald McDonald. Mate, what a story. You know, that's actually a pretty cool story, right? Because that's a, that's a good conversation starter and it's a perfect way. I think it's a perfect way to lean into this episode because I think, you know, I don't want to make it a comical event, right? But at the moment, there is a lot of pain in, in, in the sales and marketing world. Um, and, you know, if you think about it from a marketing perspective, we are seeing inbound leads are dropping, which is having a flow on effect to sales teams. We're seeing deals are slowing down. Um, more people are needed to get involved in the decision-making process. It's getting harder. Um, discretionary spend is being questioned. Um, and on top of all of that, you wrap up chat GPT and AI and all this stuff, and it's creating a lot of fear in the marketplace, right? So. To some extent, you could say a lot of salespeople are being beaten up at the moment, right? Um, but just would love to know because you've been, this is not the first time you've sold during tough times and you've done amazing things. You've built some amazing companies. You've sold them. You're back at it. You're advising other companies. But would just love to know, um, tell our audience a little bit about how you started in sales, right? And how you used your early days of selling and how that's helping you sell in today's modern world as a co-founder? That's a big question. But let me start by saying, I am so grateful to be here. Um, I, yeah. You know, for your audience, they may not know that I have gotten some great coaching advice from you, um, mostly around mindset, a lot of which I think most founders learn the hard way. Um, but but you, you, you do a service to this audience um, by helping them understand that the world can be easy to, to change with or it can be hard based on mm. one thing and one thing only, which is your mindset. Because if we look back in time, history, it's funny when you hear people, I remember this even during the election, make America great again. Well, I, I, you know, and this is not a political thing. I, I actually believe America has gotten better and better. We sit with, with a phone in our hand that has more yeah. computing power than mm -hmm. the, the rocket that first went to the moon. 
it's in our hand today. Like I don't have a NASA yeah. supporting me. There's not 50 people sitting in a room looking at these huge computers. Right? It's just sitting in my hand for me to do what I want. The world continues to get better. 50 years ago, you know, we had diseases that killed us. Today, mm. we come out with diseases. We're talking about curing cancer. So the world, if yeah. you look at it, can be a world that is leaving you behind or can be a world that's getting better. Yeah. And it all comes down to the way you think. Like I follow, I don't know if the people here are really into their health, but I follow aging as now something where 10 years ago, if you treated aging as a disease, they thought you were a quack. And today yeah. what they're finding is, well, there's Dr. Sinclair at Harvard who's turned the age of, uh, of the eye in a mouse back to zero, where it had glaucoma, it had all these other problems. Not anymore, it's like a mm. brand new eye. They're actually learning how to cure age-related diseases and these are things that even 10 years ago would have been unthinkable. In, in the AI world, think about De uh, uh, DeepMind, a company that was acquired by Google maybe eight years ago. They did something that theoretically people thought could do but never thought would happen in our lifetime, which is predict protein folding. And for those of you who hated biology in high school, imagine this is the ability to actually do drug discovery, not over 30 years, but in 30 days. Yeah. These are just, like we're living in a time of science fiction now. And I know that can feel like scary for people because we're also in a time of a harder market. May not be a recession technically, but it sure feels like one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can walk in that mindset and say, I don't like where all these things are going and this is all bad. Or you could say, geez, the world's getting a lot better. And if you start with that world's getting a lot better, all this stuff is magical and fun. Not scary. And I, I love that. I love the way that you've you've absolutely flipped it right is the way in which we look at things will ultimately control how we experience things, right? So, but I'd just love to go back because you started the, you know, the first affiliate marketing, which ultimately became the largest affiliate marketing company in the world um, before selling it. Um, you know, what was your, what was your, if you think about the sales focus, um, how did you go out there and engage people around something, around a very new concept that probably wasn't widely used or, you know, probably people didn't really know about it. What, what was your strategy to, to get out there and, and engage with people? Look, I, I for whatever reason, have, a, have, a, have a, either a thick skin or a desire to, to try to, do, to fix a wrong. And when we started yeah. affiliate marketing with Linkshare, what was really hard was that the entire world believed that the internet was a newspaper medium or, or, a, or a TV medium. And the only way that they thought you should make money was on selling ads. And the problem yeah. at that time that we looked at was you basically had the smallest amount of traffic was going to the top 50 websites, but the, because they were the yeah. biggest websites, in other words, the long tail, all these little blogs and everything else, all together, mm -hmm. they had most of the traffic of the internet. But there were a few top 50 websites that had aggregated more than anyone else. And while that traffic was still small compared to the overall internet, it was the biggest of the small. And yeah. that meant that they got 95, 98% of all advertising. So 50 websites got all the money and nobody yeah. else did, even though all the traffic existed elsewhere. And we came out and said, that is broken model. How do you have all these amazing people out there creating great new ideas? And yet the entire advertising world was trying to fix it, fixate like it was uh, four television stations and they should get all the money. 
And so we started affiliate marketing because we thought, okay, this is just not right. And we went out to the marketplace and we said, let me tell you about this great idea of a performance-based marketing. And you know, you think that logically people would say, let me get this straight. I only have to pay for when I get something of value that I want. Boy, that's obvious. And you know what the answer was? Yeah. No effing way. <laughs> yeah. That's not how we do things. That's yep. not the way it operates. And I think there's a problem when people try to put new paradigms in the way they understand the old paradigm. It's funny. I have a friend who has a vertical takeoff and lift company. If you've ever seen these flying car companies and his first goal was to hire as many people out of the airline industries that he could, because he's like, they understand all the things we need to deal with the regulatory market. They understand how the business works. Yeah. And you know what he found out? None of them could make the transition because the concept of a flying car, while yes, it was similar to a plane or a helicopter in reality was nothing like what mm -hmm. a flying car, a flying car could land in your backyard. It doesn't need an airport. A flying yeah. car could have a autopilot that takes you from point to point. A flying car doesn't have fuel or mechanical parts. And so they were thinking of it in the paradigm of the airline industry. In actuality, yeah. though, the benefits had nothing to do with an airline approach. And frankly, I looked back at him and said, how would you try to replicate an industry that is so hated in the market by bringing people in who are going to bring those ideas instead of new ones? And his answer was, you know, it just seemed like it was a good idea at the time. And I think that is what sellers are running into today, which is yeah. they're still trying to sell in the same way they sold in a pre-COVID world. And the reality is that's not it anymore. And I think this is a perfect segue into what we wanted to talk about today, right? Because, because with all your experience with AI, like you are absolutely trying to change and, and bring a new paradigm, right? A new point of view to the table that can be challenged from a few people. You spoke about you know, when you first started your business, um, Linkshare or you know, your affiliate marketing organization, you did hit a lot of uh, barriers around you know, your new model and people were still pushing back. And again, I think if we look at what's happening right now, that is a perfect, uh, not a perfect, but that, that's actually, that represents what, what a lot of salespeople are coming up to now, right? They're getting a lot of pushback on their deals, et cetera. And creating urgency can be somewhat difficult during tough times. Um, so we'd love to talk about that. Like we'd love to talk about, especially in the business that you're working with now um, from an AI perspective, because to some extent, some companies might not necessarily understand exactly what you do as an organization, right? So that's your first challenge you have to overcome. How have you overcome that challenge um, in educating organizations on what you do as an organization and how you can help them achieve an improved outcome? Let's, let's do first principles here where we start back. Of why, why is AI coming up at this moment and why is it so important yep. to sales? And what I would probably say is this, look, sales has been a horrible experience for the buyer for the for, for basically a long time, right? If you look at every survey every year, more than 75% of buyers hate the buying experience and would buy somewhere else if they had the opportunity. Yep. That should have been an early warning sign, right? There's a canary in the coal mine mm -hmm. that tells us, yes, we've been buying. Now that the market is bad, now you're starting to see the actual feel of what does it mean, right? When things were yep. great, they were going to buy whether they hated it, the experience mm -hmm. or not. Now that they don't have to, or now that things are slowing, you're starting to see that finickiness really coming through. And I, yeah. I would say, 
uh, first to ask why. And I, I mentioned that I think the world changed dramatically after COVID. And I'll tell you a few reasons why. And then I'm going to get to what we do and why I think it's so important. Because I think if you yes. start at first principles, it's all logical what's going on. And I know a lot of people here probably when I say 75 or more than 75% of buyers hated the experience would probably go, no, but that's not me. Well, 75% means it is you. I'm sorry. Like it's me, it's you, it's everybody else. And so I go back to why do they hate it? And I think a lot of things happened during COVID that accelerated a bad trend that we were already on. And that first trend was this idea that cadences aren't spam. I think if you look at the rise of a lot of these automation tools, you know, we think personalization is dear Steven. That is not yeah. personalization. I hate to break it to you. That's not selling. Um, you and I have talked about this. You know, cadences yeah. are, well, let's put it this way. A cadence is what someone does when they're sending it. Spam is what you feel like when you receive it. When you receive it, yeah. And I think we have bombarded people and driven them into hiding. Today, you can find buyers on dark social. You can find, And mostly because they're, they're gating it so that sellers can't get in there. They are hiding from their cell phones. You are hiding from your own cell phone, right? They're hiding from their emails. You hide from your emails. I bet you your whole audience can spot. If I did a game of how fast can you delete the fake emails, they will do it in seconds and they'll do it so quickly Mm -hmm. without even paying attention. And then they'll think their email is special. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's led buyers to get so frustrated. Uh, You know what I think the second thing is? We've lost the art of selling by these cadences, by these playbooks. Sellers used to learn about their customers. Sellers used to actually get to know them, become trusted partners. Sellers used to actually do introductions to other people that could help them with a problem that has nothing to do with their own. And today, we're looking at the wrong metrics. We're looking at how many activities did somebody do. So what it's training us to do is say all activities are equal. And bombard, bombard, bombard. And now it feels like we are, we're training sellers to be bad websites. Hmm. And so that's why you hear people, I think, wanting to just go to a website without talking to a person. We've stopped doing what sellers are great at. So, Stephen, I actually really love the way that you've explained that, right? Because what you're, sh- what you're sharing with us is that this is what AI could do for sales. It will make it harder for the buyer because they're just going to get, they're already overwhelmed. I think I looked at a recent stat, 140 emails on average they're getting a day, not including all the other notifications on Snapchat, LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta, text message, WhatsApp, Telegram. So they're already overwhelmed with communication from the, the, from the masses. And a really, you know, the way that in which you explained it is that what, if we're not careful what these tools will do, it'll make it harder and harder because the, the buyers are just going to continue to get overwhelmed, which is going to put more of a wall up for salespeople. So in fact, these tools, although they might sound amazing, it's essentially laziness that I'm hearing because, again, if, if they're just using tools because the tool can do the job, then what's the point of actually hiring a sales team, right? If these tools can facilitate that function. So I actually, you know, really resonate with what you're sharing there because again, we've got to stop thinking about how we can sell to customers. We've got to start thinking about what they need to buy, right? Yeah. 
We've, got to, we've actually got to flip the way we think about this. So you've explained the one paradigm, you know, we'd love for you to explain the other flip of the coin. So the other side of what sellers can do using AI to be that new age sales professional. Yeah, look, I, I would say just to close out that last point, which is the guys who go down that road of those volume metrics mm. and think, oh, this is great. They're going to, you're, you're inevitably ending up with a low value product where they're going to do e-commerce. Yeah. That's essentially what they're going to. Oh, I'll just use a chatbot to answer the questions. Yeah. You could do all e-commerce. And there's going to be some products that do that. That's fine. Things like reorders, et cetera. But the bulk of sales, when you look at buyers, they're still putting up with the seller because they're unhappy, but they're putting up with it because they need help. Yeah. And rather than fight it, you have to embrace that. Yeah. And so we look at a paradigm to say, who does it today really well? And can we learn from that model? And the first thing you learn is that you've got to get all the non-revenue producing tasks off yeah. seller. I don't think there's a single seller here that's going to be shocked by that. They should not be logging activities. Yeah. They should not be doing forecasting. They should not be sitting there trying to do coordination meetings. Uh, they should not be briefing their manager on what's going on with the deal. They should not have to guess at what their likelihood of closing a deal is. Like These are things that let the AI do it. It will do it better than anyone yeah. else. But when you get a full five days back to sell, what do you do? Well, let me give you a few examples of models that I look at and say, okay, they're onto something. Mm. I want you to think about the Baines, the McKinsey's, mm. the BCG's, the PWC's. They're consultants. And you may say, what does a consultant have to do with a modern seller? But here's what I'll tell you that I watched and learned. Companies, when they want to work with a McKinsey, hire them to come in to analyze what's wrong with their organization. Now, they're not coming in to say, I found these problems. If I'm Bain, I'm not coming in saying, I found a problem. You know who's good at it? McKinsey. No. They're being paid yeah. to come in to understand the customer's needs to then sell them Bain, McKinsey, Bain yeah. products. Not McKinsey, not BCG. They come in and they are the ones who are then kind of turning back around and saying, I found your problem. Here's a team that can solve it. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So how is it? That in a world where people are running and hiding from sellers, the Baines, the McKinsey's, the BCG's are being paid to come in to figure out what to sell them. Yeah. That's the paradigm we need to think about. How much value does the customer look at and say, I'm willing to trust this person so well because they understand my problems in the industry. They know they're going to solve the problem and they want to stay close with me to figure out how it works with the rest of my business. And they have experts who really know yeah. it. That's the new paradigm. Yeah, and, and for, for, for me, that's kind of, if I think about myself, you know, the, the, the roles that I've, that I've been involved in, I remember back in the management days as well, I think you're right. And I also saw a recent study that said the seller, an average sales person is spending about sort of 32% of their time selling because there are all these other tasks. And I love the way that you've split it up, right? You've got, Sending spamming messages on a sequencing tool is not selling, right? But if we can use technology to remove all the laborious tasks that don't drive the high payoff activity, the revenue raising activities, if we can remove that aspect, it'll give us more time to do research. It'll give us more time to come to our prospects with a point of view and also become that, that, that consultant. And I think even though consultative selling has been around for decades, right? This is not a new concept. Trusted advisor, Miller Hyman, like these books are 
for, you know, they've been around for a long time. Um, I actually think that there's a lot of sellers who aren't facilitating the consultative part and I don't blame them. I blame the fact that they're going into a role and they're being given all these tools they have to use and told you need to make X amount of outreach activities, X amount of this, X amount of that. That's what matters. So they're like, I've got to do this, right? And if I take it back and there's, and, and Alice would be listening to this um, from DocuSign in Australia, somebody that I've in, thoroughly enjoyed coaching for a number of years, I think at one stage he was doing 12 outreach as a, as, as a BDR. He was reaching out to 12 prospects booking four appointments with CFOs, by the way, and he didn't use a sequencing tool. And full disclosure, um, DocuSign were using outreach.io, but he chose not to use it because he was spending a lot of time looking for triggers, a lot of time looking for events that would make it absolutely relevant to be reaching out, yeah? Um, and I think that's a clear example of how he's looked at the role differently and thought of brought the consulting part in. But if he had used the tools and just jammed the tools, data, sequencing people and going through one, two, three, four, five, he would not have been able to get to that outcome. So I think you've, you've actually positioned this perfectly right. So if you're listening to this going, you know what, you're right. Um, I've been fearing technology. I need to embrace it more. I have for, I've forgotten about the fundamentals. And you know, what are the, some of the things, and you're probably on the receiving end of a lot of people trying to sell you stuff, right? What can sellers do differently so that they can make they can make buyers actually enjoy the buying process again. You know, look, I'll give you an example from Collective Eye. We don't sell our product. Most people think we're selling it all the time. We start off by saying we want to do a launch preview where we'll load your data to see what's going on because if our product doesn't actually help you, we don't want to. And yes, we're known for our forecast, yeah. right, where the AI does it all. No one needs to do with it. That keeps it up every day. It looks at a global market of all of our users, like ways to make better predictions. But we say to them, let us test it first yeah. to see if it works. And then let's look at the data. And if we don't solve your problem, you shouldn't pay yeah. us. We want to understand if, if we're going to be able to solve your problem or not. And I think that's a different method. The second thing is we don't charge for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. A customer can buy our product for free for all their sellers and never pay us a penny. Our model is a community model. We want people to uh, use the product because it helps the network get smarter because the more drivers on the road in our model, the more yeah. sellers, the more the AI gets better. So it starts to show that we're in it together. We do other things that have nothing to do with our product. We run an event once a week called Forecast. It's had some of the greatest minds on the planet. For any of your users, they can go to ciforecast.com, like collectiveiforecast.com, and every week you can sign up for free. We give this to our customers, not just to observe, because it's 90 minutes where you get to speak yeah. to a, an expert in the world, but also for their sales organization to use with their customers and prospects. Mm. We believe that you build trust by being a trusted partner, mm. not saying you could be a trusted partner, yeah. but by doing things that show that you care about their well-being and success. And you might say, or I'm sure our competitors look and say, what does having, you know, uh, Terry Crews down to John Chambers to some of the most well-known people in the world have anything to do with AI and forecasting? 
or AI and activity capture, or AI and relationship mapping, or AI and sales. And they may think we're like, that has nothing to do with, do a webinar. But we look at this and say, we are your trusted partner in understanding where technology and innovation is gonna affect your sales organization. We wanna be there with the journey. And even if we don't have a product, we're gonna be the people who help you get to the right people. We want just to be along with the journey of your success. And that is a wholly different approach to thinking about how do we build a win-win relationship for our sellers, yeah. for our customers, for our, for our community. Um, that's the big difference. By the way, you can see that even the fact that we have a Discord channel yeah. to make sure that our community can find each other and help each other out. But, but I think there's a couple of things in that, right? Because what you're doing is first, your first principles is you really are trying to make a difference in your customer's world and not make a difference by saying the only way we're going to make a difference if there's a commercial transaction that occurs first. You're actually putting the commercial transaction second and saying, hey, let us educate you. Let us really create value in your world. And when you see the value from what we do, the commercial relationship will actually occur. And, it's, and I love that because I had this conversation with somebody only last night about saying, you know, from my perspective, I truly want to make an impact. I truly want to help people. And by living that level of purpose, I will be, I will see the commercial benefit, right? But the, I'm not using the commercial benefit as the driver. Yeah. I'm actually making that. That's not my first principle. So, you know, for me, I love the way that you've wrapped that up. And that, that's that, and that demonstrates why you've been so successful and you've been able to build so many companies and achieve such amazing results because you're using those first principles, which is great. Stephen, mate, I could probably talk to you for another hour, right? But we, um, yeah, and I think there's another podcast in here that's probably, we could probably get you onto one of our community sessions. But um, just before we wrap up, where is the best place for our listeners to find and engage with you? I think there's a lot of different places. One, come to one of our events. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you are able to show them, it's uh, www.ciforecast.com. Come, it's free, it's open. It will be the most interesting 90 minutes of your life um, because our community asks questions of these unbelievable minds and they are some of the most well-known people in the world. It is amazing. You can see prior speakers and current speakers uh, that are upcoming um, and it's really, it's, it's just an amazing way to stay on top of innovation. Yeah. Second thing, come to our Discord channel. Yeah. We really want everyone to come ask questions of the community. We welcome you to do that. Or feel free to write me directly. Uh, my email is my first initial last name at collectiveeye.com. And it's C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E-I, -E the letter I.com. And I will answer personally everyone's email. Everyone in my community is welcome to me. You're always accessible. We really just want to have the opportunity to build mm -hmm. something together um, because it's our community that's building our product, yeah. not us. We're, we're, yeah. We just are there to help them achieve their greatness. That's awesome, Seb. And I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes. For, so for our listeners, you just go into the show notes, click those links, and you'll be able to go and talk to, to Stephen, check out the Discord channel, and check out his community. So, Stephen, I just want to say I really appreciate you coming on um, and sharing some of your thoughts and ideas on what selling is all about in 2023 beyond and, you know, actually sharing why mindset is so crucial. So I just want to say thanks for, for, for coming on and the contribution you make to our community. If I could say it back, uh, which is I've been a long time follower of yours and 
I, I can't explain how, uh, how helpful it's been for me, but you know, it's so nice to be able to participate in a place where we're helping change an industry to be what, what I think most sellers prefer, mm. which is to be the person that everyone goes to when they need help. Yeah. I think salespeople are some of the most important people. And when you combine the superpowers of collectivized AI, with salespeople, it's just amazing what we can do together. Absolutely. So, and that's that's a great way to wrap up our show. So, for for our listeners, from our listeners, just want to you know reinforce right is that even though we're in a market that there is a lot of uncertainty, you can actually have a lot more control than you know, right? And it starts with the mindset, and it starts as really going back to your first principles, going back to your fundamentals, and really thinking about how can I create an exceptional experience for my customers? Because if we focus on that experience, if we focus on leading with how can I help them, how can I create value, how can I guide them and educate them, we will see a positive return from the, from the efforts and, 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 the, and the value that we go out there to create. So just remember, you can always be the best you can be. Just focus on doing what you do and doing it really great.